1: Bible does not discourage the planning of, you know, financing is good, it's good to have wisdom, and, and where you could plan, you know, for maybe a, a retirement, or if you want to leave, make sure a will for your family, or for your, your spouse, or your children, there's nothing wrong with that, and that's wisdom, but we're talking about an excess of stuff, okay. excess of, of stuff that can actually be shared, because whatever God gives you, if you trust God with it, you give it to others. Do you know
0: someone who has a lot of stuff? It could be a collector of cars, watches, or even shoes, or maybe they just have a lot of things. In today's message, Pastor Eddie reminds you to share what you have, especially if you have an excess of stuff, and it can be used by someone else. As a follower of Christ, you should always be willing to share what you have. If you truly trust God with what you have, you give it to others who are lacking. Well, let's join Pastor Eddie in the book of James chapter 5. As he continues his message, warning to the rich and a call for patience.
1: During the time of Christ, during the time of when this bio, when the Bible with James was written, you know it, they were lucky if they had one garment. It wasn't like you can go to a Walmart, you know, take your camel and go to a Walmart and get a couple of shirts. There was no machines that made clothing. It was made by hand and it was very costly and they did their best to keep their clothing in in good conditions, it has to last. However, the rich, they had many garments, many fancy garments and so much so that they allowed many of them to stay in their closet where now is moth-eaten when they can actually would have given their clothing to those who don't have, you see? You see the pattern here? And then the, the gold and silver were corroded. Now, silver and gold do not rust or get corroded, but gold does uh, darken and silver does tarnish. And so we see all these things, James says, that the rich have done, They, they and, and they're going to witness their life because of what they've done. They abandoned and they have left their wealth carelessly just... You know, uh, just vanish away when it should have been given, there will be a witness and that of what they have uh, let go corrupt and that their flesh will be burned up like fire. In other words, what he is saying here, he's, when he says, he say it will be a witness against you and will eat your flesh like fire. And just as riches, corrupt garments, a moth-eaten, a gold and silver are corroded, so too, he says, your flesh, your flesh will be eaten away like fire. However, it takes a process for food to decay. It takes a process for clothing to be eaten by moth, and it takes a process for gold and silver to tarnish. However, the process of their flesh being destroyed and judged by God is not going to take that long. It's going to be swift as a consuming fire. That's the judgment for them, okay? And let me tell you, remember when we we started studying the book of James? I tell you, James holds no punches. He's old school he's from the boogie down Bronx like me. He's going to tell you like it is. He's not going to hold back. And he's letting you know there's going to be judgment against you. And the second reason why God's going to judge the rich is that they have stored their treasure. They have stored their treasure. Look at the end of verse 3. Look at the end of verse 3. It says, you have heaped up treasure in the last days. In other words, God forbids the hoarding of wealth. The hoarding of wealth. When wealth can be distributed. OK, and they just hold it just to have it. Now, that applies to all of us. How many of us have something of value? Oh, this is a lot. This is really valuable. I understand you want to save it for your children, next generation, whatever have you. But, you know, we have some of us have a lot of stuff, stuff, material things. And we're hoarding, but not as much as the wealthy, because I don't think there's anybody here that wealthy. But we're talking about those who are filthy rich, those who are wealthy. And God forbids the hoarding of wealth. This is what Jesus had to say. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6, verses 19 to 21, he says, Do not lay up for yourself treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourself treasures in heaven, where there's neither moth nor rust destroyed, No rust destroyed or where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So we used to store up treasures in heaven, not here on earth. And our treasure is in heaven. Our treasure is Jesus Christ. Because way too often we put so much emphasis on stuff and material things. And, you know, we too can hold all this stuff in and hoard it for ourselves And God is going to want, God knows where you keep it. God knows the the combination to your safe. God knows everything. But one day, one day, all that's going to burn. Everything that your eyes can place on, anything that you can physically see will fade away. We fade. We can look at each other one day and one day, we're all going to die, right? Right? Survey says 10 out of 10 people, we're all. And so whatever you, even on this building, this building would fade away. This tree will one day, these trees will one day fall down. These cars that we see in the lot will rust. Everything fades away. But there'll be a time when God's going to bring judgment. And that judgment is going to burn everything up. Look what Peter has to say about this. Second Peter chapter 3, verse 10. Peter writes, But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, meaning it will be a surprise, in which the heavens will pass away with a great noise, and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Both the earth and the works that are in it will be burned up. And that's when God judges it. When you, when, you, when you go to be with the Lord, when, it's time, when the Lord says, hey, it's time for you to come home. You know, I love what Billy Graham would say I've never seen a hearse, you know, haul a U haul truck, right? They're going to take you to the grave without a U haul truck. You can't take it with you. And so our treasure should be laid up in heaven. Lay your treasures in heaven, not here on earth. But our treasure is Jesus Christ in heaven. Now, the Bible does not discourage the planning of, you know, finances is good, it's good to have wisdom. And where you could plan, you know, for maybe a, a retirement, or you want to leave, make sure a will for your family, or for your, your spouse, or your children. There's nothing wrong with that, and that's wisdom. But we're talking about an excess of stuff, excess of, of stuff that can actually be shared. Because whatever God gives you, if you trust God with it, you give it to others. I'm not saying empty your bank account. I'm not saying, well, I'm not, listen, first of all, there's no prosperity preaching here, Okay. All right? We're talking about being uh, blessing others, blessing others with what you have. Paul wrote to the church of Ephesus in Ephesians chapter four verse 28, he writes this, "Let him who stole steal no longer, but rather, let him labor working with his hands what is good, that he may be something to, that he may have something to give him who has need." And that's what it should all be about. You know, you give. And let me tell you, you cannot give God. God knows when you give. And when you're a giver, God will always bless you. And I find out God is consistent with that. But sometimes we just need to let go of material things. Sometimes material things, money and wealth and things that we have is placed in front of God. One of the first commandments is thou shall have no the God before me. Quite often we place a lot of things before God. The fact is that God owns everything and everything in this, in this world. Everything that you have, God has given to you, believe it or not. God has given you he's given you a job. He's given you a roof over your head. Quite often we forget that God has done that for us. We forget to thank God for what he has given us. Psalm, the psalmist write this, it's Psalms 24 verse one. He writes this, the earth is the Lord's and all its fullness the world, and those who dwell therein. Everything is of the Lord. Now, the third reason the rich will be judged by God is because they have cheated their laborers. They have cheated their laborers. Let's look at verse 4. It says, Indeed, the wages of the laborers who mowed your fields, which you have kept back by fraud, they cry out. In other words, they have made their wealth and riches off the backs of their laborers while cheating them of their wages. And so they cry out, hoping to have enough food to put bread on the table for their family. He goes on at the end of verse 4. And the cries of the reapers, the laborers, have reached the ears of the Lord of Sabaoth. The Lord of Sabaoth. God hears. The Lord of Sabaoth. The Greek word for Sabaoth means host. He's the Lord of hosts, of the heavenly hosts. And it has reached the ears of God. God knows. God sees. They may fudge the numbers. They may cheat people. (laughs) But God sees it all and God knows it all. And God hears the crying of the suffering laborers and God is going to bring judgment. And so if the rich think that the poor has no one to protect them, they're wrong. They're going to reap what they sow. And only God knows. Now, the fourth reason the rich will be judged by God is because they live in luxury. They live in luxury. Look at verse 5. It says... You have lived on earth in pleasure and luxury. In other words, you lived in a high lifestyle on earth. And luxury, the word luxury means extra. It means excess. That's what that means. We're not talking about things that are necessarily fancy, or you may have something that someone else don't have. But we're talking about in excess. And you know, the luxury that is wasted it is a sin before God because all, of the, all their money that they have, they use it to buy the excess stuff. For example, I kind of search, at, you know, not that I need to search this. You see it all the time in the news. That's why I hate the news. I don't care what's going on with Taylor Swift and anybody. I really don't care. They do absolutely nothing for me. It's Hollywood news in America, by the way. It's a waste of time, so I don't even listen to news. It's nothing educational, nothing of importance to me. And so but you don't have to go far to see how the rich spend their money. But this is one that really stood out to me because it's the craziest thing I've ever heard. Okay? Do you know that you can buy an 18-karat gold toilet seat cover? Yes, worth at $30,000. But that's not all, back in in September of 2019, there was an article, a man was arrested in Britain for stealing an 18 karat gold, solid gold toilet, not the seat, the toilet, that's worth over a million dollars. A toilet, not the seat, not the liver, not the lever, not the plumbing, the whole toilet, worth over a million dollars. And the man was arrested in Britain in 20, uh, 2019 in September. It was stolen from the British palace that was once the birthplace of West, Weston, Weston Churchill. And so this is where he was born. So some rich person bought it and said, you know what, uh, let's get a toilet, let's get a toilet. What do you want, ceramic, wood? No, gold. <clears throat> really, how much it costs? Over a million, no problem. You see how sick that is? Now it's their prerogative. I have nothing against those who are wealthy and then made their money, even if they, they became billionaires. I have no, nothing against them. Good for you. You created something, you, you developed something, you created jobs, you helped the economy, you deserve every penny. And even though some people say, well, that's too much. We, we need to get some money. Well, you go work for yourself. But that's the kind of country we live in, right? It's their prerogative. They could spend their money on whatever they want. That's their money. Good for you. But this here is bad. This because you know what? How much bread a million dollars could buy for a country that can't afford it? That is the luxury. And that's the reason why they're going to be judged. So this literally, this, this, this idea of a, a golden toilet seat or a golden uh, toilet seat cover, this is money that literally went down the toilet. God is going to judge it. And this is the excess that the wealthy do. And so James is hitting all points here. It's one of the reasons they will be judged. And so um, they will be judged because, again, all that money is wasted, wasted. And now here's the thing. If you think God is going to judge the rich who, you know, gain their wealth by illegal means, carelessly use their money, throw it away, and don't care about anyone. But can you imagine if God's going to judge them how much more the prosperity preacher, teachers, TV evangelists are going to be judged? Think about it. Because not only are they're using their money unwisely, but they're fleecing the flock, deceiving people on the television for them to give them money. Meanwhile, they got multiple mansions. Multiple mansions. One TV evangelist has two jets. And you see all the fancy cars and the yachts fleecing the people of the money that people gave for God and for his kingdom. They're going to be judged. And so, again, there's nothing wrong. You know, he lived modestly. I love the story of Billy Graham. Billy Graham, his ministry has, but he lived modestly. What I think is a forty dollars or $50,000 salary a year. It's sad. So, verse 5. It says, you have lived on the earth in pleasure and luxury, and at the end of verse 5, you have fattened your hearts as in the day of slaughter. Day of slaughter, when they would sacrifice the animals, right, they would kind of fatten them up, right? I know a lot of the hunters this year are going to be happy with my wife because she's been feeding the deer all over our property, (laughs) getting them ready. (laughs) But um, Jesus said in Luke chapter 6, verse 24, but woe to you who are rich, but you have Received your consolation, and so they may enjoy their riches and luxury now. But there's a day of judgment that's coming, and so the fifth reason that God is going to judge the rich, the rich who have gained their wealth and you know illegally, um, He says because He's going to He's going to judge them because they condemned and murdered the just. They condemned the murder of just. Let's look at verse 6. It says, you have condemned and you have murdered the just. He, the laborer, that is, did not resist you. And why is that? So this is what happened. The wealthy, they were, because of wealth, made them power. They gave them power. They... They knew the politicians, if you will, all the elected officials. And, and they, because of their money, they're able to get the best lawyers and to be able to have the the verdict, you know, uh, going their end. You know, so they'll find the laborers guilty. So they'll take the poor to court. And the poor cannot afford. And the poor cannot afford even to have legal representation. <laughs> and they couldn't even afford to, you know, to miss a day of work. Now, they, he it he says he at the end of verse 6, he does not resist you. Why bother? I'm going to lose this case anyway. Look who's up against me. Did he pay the jurors? Did he pay the judge? And I can't afford to go to spend, you know, five days in prison because I need to work and bring food home for my family. And you see, this is what happened. As a matter of fact, James... Mentioned this in the beginning of our study, in the beginning of his book in chapter 2. This is what he said in James chapter 2, verse 6. He says this, But you have dishonored the poor man. Do not the rich oppress you and drag you into the courts? Yes, they do. And so here they're probably taking their co- their, their laborers to court because they probably owed money or um, they didn't fulfill their work quota, if you will. And so he says, you have, you have condemned and you have murdered. The murder might be, be so much so that they didn't pay them, and so they starved to death. And so they would be judged. And, you know, understand, this is expected from those who do not know the Lord. But it, it should not be for a believer in Jesus Christ whether you're rich or wealthy, whether you have enough, whatever we have, give God the glory for it. Give God the glory for it. We don't allow the wealth to rot. You know, be, be mindful of food you buy. Be careful not to waste food. You don't store up treasure on earth. Trust God in what you have. You do not cheat laborers. Don't cheat people. Be honest. If you have the money, pay it. Lived in luxury? Hopefully not. I don't nobody has a golden toilet here. If you do, let me pray for you. <laughs> we don't condemn. It's not the believer of Christ. If you're a follower of Christ, then God has blessed you with what you have. Paul says, I've learned. To be content. That's one thing we don't realize. You may say, I'm, you know, you may want this, or if I had this, or I had a little bit more money, if I had a bigger house, or if I had a new a car that's new. Well, praise the Lord that you have a roof over your head and you have four wheels to get you to work. Be grateful for that. Paul says, I've learned to be content. To be content is something we have to learn, put things in perspective. If you look at what God has blessed you, you don't have to worry about what God want, what you want God to give you. You understand? If you don't have it, it's because God doesn't think you need it. If you have it, because God thinks you need it. Very simple. Paul said, I learned to know what it is to, to have and not have. And so we need to be careful and so we move on. So in verses 1 through 6 is a, a warning to the rich. That's what you looked at. Again, these are wealthy, rich people who don't know God, don't fear God, and take advantage of those who work for them. And so they will be judged. Now we're going to look... At verses seven through twelve, it just seems that James just shifts gears here. He went like from gear one to six. So it's like, all right, James, we're, you're, God is going to judge the rich, and now you're talking to us, <laughs> and that's what He's going to do. Now He's going to talk to you and I, you and I, who are believers in Christ. Uh, we need to be patient. We live in the world. You may not have much. You may not have much. Be patient, stand firm. That's verses seven through twelve. Let's look at verse seven. He goes on to say, "Therefore, be patient, brethren." He's talking to the believer in Christ, brethren. Be patient, brethren. If you remember when Paul, I mean, when James began uh, writing his this epistle in chapter one, verses two and four, this is what he wrote in verses two and four, chapter one. He says, "My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials." I don't know about you, but I find that hard to do. i am going to be happy when I go through trials and tribulations and suffering? But he said, count it all joy. Why? He explains it. Look at verses 3 and 4. Knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. This is what happens when you trust in the Lord through trials and tribulations. It'll either make you or break you. Is, we know people that they can deal with a lot. You know why? They know how to deal with it. But here, it, talks to, it produces faith. It, faith produces patience, I'm sorry. Faith produces patience. Look at verse 4. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. That's why. Bring it on. Bring it on. Now, you may not say, wait a minute, I don't like this kind of preaching today. No, bring trials and tribulations It's going to make you. It's going to make you. Faith produces patience. Patience will have its perfect work, and then you will be complete, lacking nothing. Now, let me give you a couple of Greek words here, so you can understand. Now, what we just read in chapter one, verses two to four, the word "patient" is uh, hapumone. That's it is it, mentioned 23 times in the New Testament. It means to be. It means steadfastness. It means endurance. That's what it means. That's what James was, the word James was using in chapter 1. However, here in chapter 5, the the Greek word, uh, I'm not going to try to pronounce that, but uh, the Greek word is different. It it means to be of a long spirit, not to lose heart. Stand still. Don't lose heart. Don't lose heart. It's a different Greek word. And it means means to be even-tempered while enduring trying circumstances. And we, you, know, you may say, wait, that, that might be hard. I say, Pastor Eddie, you don't know what I'm going through. No, I don't know. But I think I'm just like you, like everybody else. We all have our trials and tribulations. But you know what? I can go do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me. I'm the
0: race. You've been listening to Running the Race with Pastor Eddie. Pastor Eddie's been digging into the book of James. This book is like a giant mirror that forces you to take a good look at the true you, challenging you to reflect, in actions, what you talk about on a daily basis. It's not enough to make a statement of faith. It must be lived out. Do you struggle with matching your behavior with your beliefs? We'd be honored to come alongside you in prayer. Won't you call or email us? All the contact information can be found on our website, runningtheraceradio.com. Again, that's RunningTheRaceRadio.com. Running the Race is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Milford. Here's Jessica to tell you more about how you can partner with us beyond listening to our programs.
2: We'd love to have you come join us at Calvary Chapel of Milford. We're conveniently located off Interstate 84 and Route 6. For service times and all the information you need, visit RunningTheRaceRadio.com and click on the Back to Home page button. While you're there, you can listen to this teaching again or explore more messages from Pastor Eddie. Again, that website is runningtheraceradio.com.
0: Thanks, Jessica. If you're in the area, we'd love to have you come visit us. Service times and directions are on runningtheraceradio.com. Thank you for listening to this edition with Pastor Eddie and Running the Race.